Thank you for downloading this podcast from Emmanuel Church Lurgan. At Emmanuel, our vision is to help rewrite the story of Craigavon, Ireland and the nations with the good news of the Kingdom of God. We hope you enjoy listening to this message. Thanks, Phil, and thank you so much to all of you for inviting me into your homes this morning as well. It has been so good seeing people blessing and serving our wider Emmanuel Church family through taking part in these online services over the last while. And I think it's maybe fair to say that there's been a little bit of stepping outside of comfort zones at times, um, as we've done. So especially the talking to a camera thing, which is very different to talking to nice smiley faces. But sometimes stepping outside of our comfort zones isn't actually a bad thing to do in our Christian walk. Um, and ties in quite nicely today with our emphasis, which is on serving. So for those maybe joining us for the first time today, we've been spending the last few weeks looking at our theme, Coming Back Stronger, through the story of the man Nehemiah, who oversaw the rebuilding of the wall of Jerusalem. So we've focused on listening and we're focused on wisdom. Phil will be covering praying next week. And serving is really something that comes as a fruit of doing all these things well. In fact, it's only when all these things come together that we can truly step into everything that God has for us. So I want to draw out four key words, each beginning with C, which should please Phil, um, as we work through this morning. So our first one is, we're created with purpose. The second one, we are called into our created purpose by our heavenly father. The third, we're commissioned into the roles in his perfect timing. And the fourth one is, we're championed by God and our church family as we step out and serve. But first, a little background. In Nehemiah, we see the story of the way out of captivity for the Israelites back to God. The people of Israel had sadly made some really bad choices. In essence, they had really turned their back on God. And he had subsequently punished them for their sin and their disobedience, and he had removed his protection from them as well. They became exiles in Babylonia, which was later taken over by Persia. So it was basically the Persians who then destroyed the city of Jerusalem. They knocked down the wall and they burned the city's gates and then took the Israelites as their slaves. Now, most of the Israelites lived in Persia, but there was a small remnant who remained in the broken down city of Jerusalem. So who was this Nehemiah character? Well, he was one of the Israelites who lived in Persia and had actually been born into exile there, as Dave spoke of a while ago. He came from the city of Shushan, and he worked for the king Artaxerxes, I'm not quite sure how to pronounce that, um, in the palace as the chief cupbearer, which was a pretty decent job. My 13 years has passed since Ezra's failed attempt to rebuild a temple, and one day... Nehemiah hears from his brother Hanani about the great trouble and disgrace of the Israelites. That's chapter 1, verse 3, along with the broken wall and the burnt gates. This is a pretty tragic state of affairs, and it really begins to weigh heavily on Nehemiah's heart. 
This was his home country, his father's land in ruin. All the previous glory that Jerusalem had personified was stripped away. It was just gone, along with any form of protection for the Israelites who were remaining there. In his perfect timing, God brought about a moment in Nehemiah's life. So we read in chapter 1, verse 4, how Nehemiah was actually so affected by his brother's words that he sat down and he wept, followed by days of mourning, fasting, and praying before the God of heaven. At this point, he undoubtedly became so affected by the situation there that he actually started to feel something of the weight and the sadness that God must have felt. Just as in Jerusalem, there is so much brokenness in our, the communities that God has placed us in. And I think it's fair to say that sometimes as we go about our daily lives and as things start to get a bit busier again, we can sometimes find ourselves a little bit lukewarm almost in terms of how the reality of this brokenness affects our hearts. But many lives are crumbling in the city of Craigavon, especially in response to the stress and the fear and the uncertainty that this virus has generated for many. Maybe we also need to experience some of the pain that God feels when he looks at the brokenness and the hopelessness of many people within our area to the point where we can't help but weep and mourn and fast and pray before God as well. And if that sense of feeling a little bit detached resonates with you today, I would really encourage you to invite God this morning, right now in fact, to begin to stir and to break your heart in a new way for the place where he has positioned you at this time so that you might feel something of the pain and the weight to encourage you to step up and step out into everything that he has for you to do. We then read how Nehemiah is granted permission by the king to go to Jerusalem to rebuild, and a number of months later, in God's perfect timing, he does just that. As we have said, God has done something really profound in Nehemiah's heart, but the key point to really think about here is that it's the weight of the emotion that then propels him into taking action as a faithful servant. He moves from this place of grief over the city to vision for the rebuilding of it. After a bit of time, wisely assessing the situation, Nehemiah addresses the people. So we can see this in chapter 2, verses 17 and 18. He references the state of Jerusalem and his intention to rebuild. He then extends an invitation to the Israelites to help. And he makes a real point of highlighting God's gracious hand upon him to date. They replied, let us start rebuilding. And so they began this good work. We see here Nehemiah outlining the vision to the people. And it's no longer just his vision. And there seems to be almost a pretty immediate response on their part and understanding that they are the ones whom God has positioned there through whom this vision can be realized. God has prepared them for this moment and actually they seem to pretty much jump at the opportunity to play their part. 
Now, before even a hand was lifted, they faced mocking and they faced ridiculing. But just listen to Nehemiah's response, and I can almost see his little confident smile as he said it. The God of heaven will give us success. We, his servants, will start rebuilding. But as for you, you have no share in Jerusalem or any claim or historic right to it. That's chapter 2, verse 2. Well, that was them told. You see, he knew that this mission was God-breathed. It was fueled by the heart of God at this designated time in order to see his precious city of Jerusalem rebuilt. This was a key part of Nehemiah's created purpose. And he actually appears really confident in his understanding of this. And here's the beautiful truth. And this is our first focus of today. We are all created with a purpose. Proverbs 20 verse 5 says this, the purposes of a person's heart are deep waters, but one who has insight draws them out. All people are made in the image of God. Each of us are born with a purpose and a calling that we can completely discover or we can miss. And it's the influence of the Holy Spirit that gives us insight into these purposes for us. And it's then through living out these purposes that we find peace and encouragement and fulfillment when we sense the confirmation of the Spirit that we are in the right place at the right time of our designated calling. That's the reason for Nehemiah's boldness and confidence that's so evident here. He knew exactly that he was in the right place at the right time doing exactly what he had been called to do. I have no doubt around God's heart to break into our city of Craigavon. Now, Chris and I personally experienced this sense of calling in God's heart around 15 years ago, um, and we feel it not one bit less today. In fact, if anything, we feel it even more so. And as we press into his calling and as we press into the plans he has for us, I actually think that we should have a bit of an expectation of success whilst discovering our created purpose too. So let's picture this scene. All the Israelites gathered together to rebuild the wall. And how do you think they were feeling at this point? I think there was probably a mixture of apprehension, excitement. Some were probably feeling a little bit unqualified skill-wise. But above all, as I read this, I can really sense the renewed hope. God was in this moment answering their prayers. Jerusalem was being transformed back to its former glory. And how amazing was it that they, despite their rebellious history, thanks to God's mercy and grace and love, were even going to be part of that restoration process. Each group was assigned to their particular task, rebuilding sections of the wall brick by brick. And let's be under no illusions. In no way would this have been light work. Serving, as I'm very sure many of you know, often requires time, effort, energy, determination, and backbone. But the harder they worked, the stronger the wall became. 
And it says in chapter four, verse six, that they worked with all their heart until it was rebuilt to half its height. How encouraging it must have been for them to step back and to look at the progress that together they had made to date at that point. As we serve in our communities, as we pray for heaven to touch earth, for God's will to be done on earth as it is in heaven, I think that we too are going to see evidence of God's kingdom becoming established in this area, which will be so encouraging for us. Talking about encouragement, um, I was really moved recently to read the article about the love and the care shown to the man um, who had, was a homeless guy who had been sleeping rough in the People's Park in Portadown. It was actually the Lurgan Mail that covered this story and the article was all about how this man wanted to thank the community for everything that they had done for him. So just listen to this. The local people have shown a lot of support helping him with food, washing and supplying him with clothing. He wanted to say thanks for showing him kindness and support at this difficult time. High kingdom breaking through is this. And as I read it, I felt the Holy Spirit bring to mind the Friday night prayer times that have taken place in the People's Park. Stephen has been um, looking after that whole side of things and has done an amazing job. So for the last number of years, we have had a team faithfully prayer walking on a Friday night. And I actually believe that this faithful, active service have shifted something in the spiritual atmosphere in this area, very possibly even contributing to the way in which this man was treated. How often do we read positive articles like that, never mind in the Lurgan-based newspaper, considering the historical rivalry between the towns? We definitely want to see more of that. The kingdom of God is advancing. So who were these people who got stuck in? And I'm not going to read it all because getting through all of those names would be a complete nightmare. But here is a little snippet of the way this entire chapter three is written, starting at verse three. The fish gate was built by the sons of Hesena. They laid the beams, set up its doors and installed its bolts and bars. Merimoth, son of Uriah, and grandson of Hakoz, repaired the next section of wall. Beside him were Meshulam, son of Berechiah, and grandson of Meshebel, and then Zadok, son of Bana. I think that's enough. I'll leave it there. So as you can see, this chapter contains a complete ream of names with reference uh, to the particular area of contribution that they made. So we read of high priests, men of Jericho, plus goldsmiths, merchants, perfume makers, district rulers, nobles, officials, daughters, Levites, temple servants. They are all mentioned because they were all so significant in terms of the part that they played in the rebuilding. This is the beauty of God's kingdom. In the words of John Wimber, the founder of the Vineyard Movement, everyone gets to play. It doesn't matter how qualified you may or may not feel, how ready, 
how tall or short you may be, which is a good thing in my case, how many times you may feel that you have messed up. We are all God's workmanship created for good works in Christ, as Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 tells us, which is such good news, isn't it? We see such amazing diversity here in chapter three. We see male and female, all walks of life, God's stunning, eclectic design. Even within my own family, I see such uniqueness. Now, I have two teenage daughters, both beautiful. I may be a little biased, but you would never pick them out as sisters in a room full of people. One is as dark-haired as the other is blonde. And the way they're wired, their personalities, their giftings are so completely different from one another. And as their mum, I get so excited to think about the plans and the purposes that God has on their lives and how he's going to use everything that he has placed within them to guide and to direct and empower them in their created purposes. And then there's our little boy. Now, Once upon a time, we had decided that we were very content with our little family of four. Our lively little character-filled girlies, along with church planting, kept us more than busy, as you can well imagine. But over a relatively short period of time, the Holy Spirit really began to impress on myself and Chris separately, in fact, that he had the gift of another child for us. But it was actually more than that. It was a real sense that this child had to be born, that there was a created purpose for them to build God's kingdom. So fairly soon after, along came Zachary, another little blondie, and his name means seen by God because he was so absolutely seen by God before he was even conceived. So now we have lively little character filled child number three, never mind Chris under one roof. So you can imagine our house. It's uh, never a dull moment. There's plenty of crack. And this brings me on to my second focus this morning. We are all called. Nehemiah has really stepped into a key part of his created purpose at this point as a leader. We can clearly see in this story that he is the one God has called to take action around the city of Jerusalem. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 9 says, He has saved us and called us to a holy calling, not because of our works, but because of his own purpose and grace, which he gave us in Christ Jesus before the ages began. Now, here's a really important question for you this morning. What is your holy calling? According to this verse, everyone who has given their life to Jesus has one. We see Nehemiah stepping into his calling and what that looks like for him. And I'm actually so impressed with the way in which he manages to still skillfully guide and position and direct and instruct and strategically place all of the workers so that they too can effectively play their part in rebuilding this wall. You can clearly see how God has equipped him in terms of the giftings that are within him and the leadership that is upon his life in this rebuilding scenario. And think too about the range of gifts 
um, and abilities that they must have collectively brought to the table to allow them to construct all the various elements of the wall building with its gates and its doors and its repairs and the stepping outside of comfort zones for those pretty unskilled in that area. A good bit of learning on the job in there too, I would say. In a similar way, during this crisis, we have seen many people in our church step up, stepping into in unfamiliar environments to serve and to bless others. So whether this has been helping out with frontline services or getting involved in food, food box deliveries or other compassion initiatives, it's been so amazing to see the servant-hearted activities expressing the heart of Jesus for the community. So well done to everybody who has done so and now ask God what is next. You see, we are created with a purpose we're called to step up and then, and this is our third focus, we are commissioned into the roles in his perfect timing. Commissioning essentially brings a bit of shape and a definition to our calling. It adds meat to the bones as such. And we see this term used quite a lot in the Bible. I'm gonna give you two examples this morning. Um, Genesis chapter 41, verse 46 uh, where Joseph was commissioned by Pharaoh and was in charge of all the land of Egypt. He was instructed and released into all that this entailed. And again in Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 23, where it says, the Lord commissioned Joshua, son of Nun, be strong and courageous for you will bring the Israelites into the land I swore to them and I will be with you. And to me with commissioning, there's also an element of being trusted and released, as well as a sense of blessing and empowerment by the Holy Spirit to allow you to do the task set before you. Now, in our, in our context, Chris and I knew that we were called to church plant for quite a while, but the where and the hows, all of those questions, they needed to find and shaped before we were ready to be commissioned by Belfast City Vineyard um, to step into our created purpose, which was to come to this area to establish Upper Ban Vineyard. And little did we know at that point about the Emmanuel adventures that God had beyond that with all of you guys. Today, God sees you, he knows you intimately, and he wants to highlight and use for his kingdom establishment everything that he has placed within you. Your giftings, your personality, your passions, it's all in there for his glory. But it's also so important that you know today that without you doing a thing, you are loved and you are accepted perfectly by your heavenly father. In fact, there's nothing you can do to make him love you more and there's nothing you can do to make him love you less. His heart is above all for you to draw really close to him, which will then naturally encourage you to want to serve and step into everything that he has for you. The teamwork on display in the rebuilding of this wall really stands out. So we see teamwork amongst families and individuals forming groups. 
And by coming together, they achieved so much in a relatively short period of time, considering the volume of work that had to be done. You are an essential part of our Emmanuel team and story. In your individuality and your uniqueness, you bring to the table something that no one else can. It's maybe a bit like a jigsaw. It drives me absolutely nuts when I spend time working on a jigsaw, usually on holiday at the caravan, and get to the end only to find that a couple of pieces are missing. In fact, even if one piece is missing, it detracts so much from the look of the finished puzzle, never mind the sense of satisfaction. In my classroom last year, we had a wow, as in, wow, that's amazing, wall. And it was only complete when every single child making up that class had a representation of their uniqueness and their individuality on there. In your Christian life, make sure that you bring the wow in kingdom building that only you can bring. I think, as Al had mentioned when setting the scene, it's really important to remember that we witness here a coming back stronger on the part of the Israelites, which then propels them into serving. Because in the midst of their humbling exile, they had remembered the promises of God. They had remembered their spiritual heritage and their original destiny, and they'd once, once again come under his lordship, re-establishing that intimate relationship, which then released them into a new spiritual passion and verve and seal um, to love and to serve their king with all their hearts, minds, and souls. The forced exile in terms of lockdown over the last while, has been a time when many have drawn really close to the Lord, building upon their intimacy with him, and there's still time to do so. And just as he did with the Israelites here, God will absolutely use this renewed intimacy as a platform for his people to come back stronger as individuals and church families as we step in to the next season. Our fourth focus this morning is we are championed by God and our church family as we step out and serve. The definition of championed is to fight for, defend, or to support as a champion. It's absolutely no surprise that all of this building activity attracts quite a bit of unwanted attention, as we often see whenever God's people are hard at work establishing his kingdom. Enemies soon plan to attack, threatening to block them from building any further and to tear down what they had built to date. Nehemiah's wisdom-filled response is to immediately station some of the people behind the lowest points of the wall at the exposed places to stand guard as such, posting them by families with their swords, spears, and bows. Chapter 4, verses 13 and 14. He strategically positioned the workers to ensure their protection. But I don't actually believe at this point that Nehemiah was too intimidated. Don't be afraid of them, he reassured. 
Remember the Lord who is great and awesome and fight for your families, your sons and your daughters, your wives and your homes. Chapter four, verse 14. We too need awareness of the spiritual battle that we are in as we are commissioned and serving in the fullness of everything that God has for us. The enemy will be far from happy. The very last thing he wants is to see God's kingdom rule and reign established on this earth. As Phil actually referred to earlier this morning, we know that he will seek to steal, to kill, and destroy in our context too. And in fact, if anything, his objective is that we are so distracted and ruled by fear around this current situation that we find ourselves in, that if anything, we come back feeling weaker. God's perfect design is to place us in families and church communities. And that way, just like in this story, we can stand guard and we can protect and we can spiritually cover one another as and when is necessary. And we also need daily to put on our own spiritual armor as we position ourselves at our part of the wall. But it's so good to know that we are in this together to champion one another, which is so much better than going it alone. And let's remember too, to really make a point of encouraging one another in terms of our giftings, drawing them out of each other and championing all of those God has placed in our church family as we see them step up and serve and play their part in bringing life to the city. After 52 days of pretty hard work and potential danger, the job was complete. And I can imagine the celebrating at this point after this amazing community effort and all that it achieved. And remember, here were people from all walks of life, all ranks, individuals and families coming together under one determined and common vision to rebuild these walls. God must have felt such pleasure at his renewed closeness with his chosen people, evident in their serving and at seeing his precious Jerusalem restored. Our heavenly dad, he completely delights in us drawing close and partnering with him as we serve, living out our created purposes as we are called and commissioned to step into the fullness of everything that he has for us. And he loves nothing more than to champion his people. And how amazing would it be at the end of our days if we hear him say to us, well done, good and faithful servant. And we all need encouragement, don't we? To allow us to run the race set before us with perseverance, as it says in the well-known verse, Hebrews 12, verse one. If you've been on the sidelines for the last while, there's no better time to put on your running shoes and go for it. We're starting to emerge from lockdown. Things are a little bit uncertain at the minute. Um, we're not sure exactly what this season will look like as a church. But the thing is that God knows and he will lead us into his 
uh, everything he has for us in his perfect timing as we continue to listen and to pray and to seek his wisdom. But what I do know is that we are all called to play our part as it is revealed to us. I sense that for some of you, this is a key time when God is calling you to deepen your commitment to him and in your role within the church family where God has placed you. Draw close to God in the knowledge and assurance that you are called. Discover the gifts that the Spirit has given to you and put them to work. Paul writes to Timothy in 2 Timothy 1 verse 6, rekindle the gift of God that is within you. And you might find it helpful to actually ask some Christian friends to help to draw out what they see within you um, and on your life, the giftings that are evident to them uh, at this time. If we don't step into everything that we have for us, we miss the kingdom adventures that God has for us. Because remember, in him is fullness of life. But also, the body misses out in the unique contribution that only you can bring. In a Deborah-like fashion, I really sense that God is calling, almost commissioning his people in this coming season to wake up to each take our positions at the wall as we begin to re-emerge from lockdown as a church at this time. There seem to be so many re's in this moment, as Chris actually prophesied um, in 2019. Re-establishing ourselves as the church in these days. Re-centering our lives around Jesus. Realigning ourselves with our calling. Rededicating our lives to the King. Now this Deborah was a prophet and a judge. We read about her in the book of Judges. Now this was a woman who was secure in her calling, the calling of God in her life. Now there's no denying that there's much going on in our own nation right now. And in Deborah's day, it was the chaotic worship of idols that was the strong arm of Canaanite oppression destroying her people. Deborah, however, rested in the security of her calling, her anointing, and her gifts. She knew her place, and she knew her God. She knew who she was, what she was called to, and she was attuned to the voice of God should she be specifically commissioned at any given moment for any given task. She was often found positioned under a palm tree, and from this place, she heard and she shared God's word with others. And the Israelites actually would have lined up as well for her to rule on a particular matter. At the appointed time, Deborah received instructions from God. This was a really key commissioning moment in her life. A divine decree to initiate a war, which ultimately delivered Israel from the oppression of the Canaanite king. She played a really key role in this, but it's the song that really has caught me that she composed after the battle. She gives us incredible insight into what happened when God awakened her from her relatively comfortable existence. She exclaims, awake, 
Awake, Deborah. Is this a call that God is making on your life right now? God awakened a zeal within Deborah to arise, to awaken others, to stand up and to fight. And this action required courage and faith. Could it be that in this season, God seeks to wake us from our slumber, to do through you more than you could ever have dreamed or imagined for his kingdom and for his glory? I also felt God highlight the verb arise, which naturally follows on from awake, I guess. Interestingly, shortly after I had highlighted this in my notes whenever I was preparing this talk, um, I was listening to Alan Scott speaking, and he had felt the Holy Spirit highlight the same term in relation to this moment, this point in history that we are living in. Now, Alan used to lead the Causeway Coast Vineyard in Coleraine, and he now leads the Anaheim Vineyard in California. And as I thought about this, I really sensed the Lord speak to me and say that this is a time when the wider church family as a whole throughout the world is being called to arise in preparation for something very significant, a move of the Spirit that will sweep across the globe, bringing many souls to him and establishing the kingdom of God in the cities where he has placed us. How amazing would that be? And the verse that I felt God give me was this. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. Isaiah 60 verse 1. God in his grace is calling us afresh as imperfect people, just like the disciples were. As we know, despite their weaknesses, despite their insecurities, the infilling of the Holy Spirit allowed them to establish the early church, as we read in Acts 2. They too fixed their eyes on the prize and they ran their race with perseverance, looking outwardly and playing the part in what God was doing and building before their very eyes. As the old saying goes, God doesn't call a qualified he qualifies the called. The holding back, the delaying stepping out until we're more sorted, have more time, feel more confident, more worthy, more capable, needs to be laid down at the feet of Jesus. He will help us to work through our stuff, to work through our insecurities and our issues as we daily draw close, offering ourselves afresh to him. I sense him saying, the time is now. It is time to wake up, to arise and to take the hand of our Lord, to let him lead us and guide us into the fullness of everything that he has for each one of us as we blaze with the life and the hope in every sphere where he has positioned us at this point in our lives. D.L. Moody was an amazing preacher, but he was also an ordinary man whose zeal was also awakened to the point where he said, the world has yet to see what God can do with and for and through and in and by a man 
who is fully and wholly consecrated to him. I will try my utmost to be that man. These words were described as sent to his soul. And his ministry was such a beautiful testimony to this. Psalm 90 reminds us that time is short and it ends with this as am I. May the favor of the Lord our God rest upon us. Establish the work of our hands for us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. So let's not shrink back in these days. Be encouraged to think that God can use ordinary people like you and like me to accomplish extraordinary things. And let's determine in this season to come back stronger. You are created, called, commissioned, championed. I will be bringing this morning to a close shortly, but I would really love to encourage you and feel that it's important for many of you to respond this morning. If you don't know Jesus, and if you would like to give your heart and your life to him today, there's no better time and there's no better decision. And we have some of our Emmanuel family lined up who would just love to talk you and walk you through this. Um, so there will be a number at the bottom of the screen that you're so welcome to phone. And for those of you who have felt challenged, who have really felt the Holy Spirit speak to you, um, I would love to encourage you this morning to make some sort of a symbolic, physical response. If you would like to commit yourself to Jesus in this season in terms of arising and taking your place and playing your part in his kingdom, perhaps you could rise to your feet if you're able or you could maybe raise your hands as well uh, while I pray. Father, we thank you so much for your incredible love for each one of us. Father, thank you that um, when you designed us, when you created us, you knew what you were planting within us so that we could step out um, in everything that you have called us to do and be in building your kingdom. And Lord, right now we pray that your presence, that your Holy Spirit would fall upon your people. Lord, I pray that you would give a fresh revelation today um, of what you have on each of our lives, Lord. Father, thank you for your heart and your compassion for those who are broken um, in the community that you have placed us in. And Lord, I pray that this would be a key moment for all of us where we were determined to step up, to arise and to, to play the kingdom part that you have planned for us, to step into the kingdom adventure that you have laid before us. So Father, we just pray this morning that you would come, that you would have your way and we lift your name and we just say we love you and it is our heart to serve you. In Jesus' name, amen. Be blessed today. We hope you enjoyed listening to this podcast. 
For more information about our church and all that we do, please visit our website at emmanuel-church.co.uk.